Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jim Ventura here live at Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, whether you're catching the show live, my 45-minute show, or later on in archive, again, welcome, everybody. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, a little quick note about me. Uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant, which means I have expertise, in my case, in astrology, numerology, runestones, tarot. I've worked with a number of different types of oracles for many, many years, and I use those as part of my uh, work I do with clients one-on-one here in my home office as well as by phone. Uh, information about my services can be found at jimventure.com. And uh, I am a, obviously a radio show host, but a writer. I write an every other month column called Snake Oil. And if you're not already receiving my newsletter, uh, you can email me at venturesagyahoo.com to be added to the mailing list. Uh, it's only an every other month column, and your name is never sold out or, you know, farmed. So find copied as well, so no one's ever going to get uh, your email address from me. I'm very protective of that when it comes to people. Uh, but I've got a, actually got 2,000 people getting my column at this point in the game. Um, again, it's only every other month. Uh, years ago, I used to do it monthly. I don't know how I ever pulled that off. <laughs> you know. Anyway, but that's a whole other side note. Also, uh, a couple other quick things here. You can check out my uh, Instagram channel, all that animal totems. That's at Animal Speaks. And my astrology runestone channel is at Instagram, and that's Ventura Words. And uh, my absolute favorite channel for people to check out is my YouTube channel, which covers a lot of different topics once a month. And that's at single letter J Ventura Snake Oil. All right. So uh, let's kind of dive in here. This is a live uh, column read, and this was a new column for November and December. Um, I'm finally getting around to, to doing the radio show. Uh, I did a live read on my YouTube channel uh, about a month ago and uh, sent this out almost a month ago as well. So finally getting to it. But ever appropriately, this column, while titled Gratitude and Thanksgiving, is also about um, Capricorn. And the positive pole of Capricorn is I use and I'm going to explain that in more detail and, and just kind of perfect synchronicity uh, today, or it was yesterday, I believe, uh, Mercury went retrograde in Capricorn. So we get a double dose of Capricorn here as we're about a week away from the sun moving into Capricorn as well. So uh, good uh, timing to discuss all of this kind of good stuff, especially as we move toward that. Uh, I call them the, the trifecta of holidays, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then New Year's, and then it's over, and then I have to focus on losing the five or six fat pounds I put on for eating a slob, tourist rising <laughs> during the holiday season, which I love, but I hate having the extra week. So a couple more weeks on that, and then we move to different transition. Also, another quick note here, um, I'm going to be doing a YouTube uh, about if I post on Facebook also and possibly Instagram, uh, but I'm going to do a YouTube. Uh, YouTube I can do a bit longer. I can do a six, seven, eight-minute video uh, about the coming New Year astrology, which is an eight in universal astrology and uh, universal numerology. 
And then the Chinese New Year, this coming year, is the year of the wood dragon, which is really interesting. Well, that doesn't come into play until February 8th, I believe. Uh, we've got some interesting kind of stuff going on in the New Year. So uh, you can either follow me again uh, through getting my column, and it'll probably be in that in January, or, uh, again, also on YouTube when I'll probably do a live read about that as well uh, in the next week or two. All right. So lots of kind of stuff going on here. Let's dive into the live column read. I will mention this now for anybody who potentially uh, uh, seen like one or two callers popped in. With the live column reads, uh, I generally don't usually have time to take um, live calls. Sometimes I do the last five or ten minutes of the show. It's probably probable I won't get to phone calls. Say, but here's another side note of good news: January 18th, Marcus on the calendars. I'm doing an interview show with a woman who created her own set of Oracle cards. And this is an hour show. Not only will I interview her, but halfway through the hour show, uh, she will be able to take live calls and possibly have her pull a card for you to answer a question. That will be something cool for those people who kind of are eager for those types of things. Uh, mark it on the calendar, January 18th, 3.30 Phoenix time for that live show. Boy, that's a lot of updates. All right, so let's dive into the column here. This column is called Gratitude and Thanksgiving. Uh, okay, this, is a, this column is a partial repeat of an essay I actually wrote back in 2011. Twelve years later, I still have to remind myself to remember the many benefits of focusing on gratitude and how many things I truly have to be grateful about. In a notable way, while I still get frustrated, it seems my 50s self versus the me of my 40s, tend to be far less irritable. In many ways, my perspective has shifted. The practical details of life like cars, appliances, and many other things we tend to collect in life that inevitably break down or often ridiculously expensive to repair have not changed. Uh, things wear out and break. Endless details of marketing connected with having my own business while having some new interesting elements to them at times can be very time-consuming. Uh, the at times unreliability of my regular clients that I feel I have to chase down sometimes, like a personal trainer being in a position to have to push his clients to work out for their own good, along with no-shows, unanswered emails, getting too far behind in their payments while tiring have neither decreased or increased. The overly busy weeks followed by painfully slow business weeks are still about the same. The fortunately shifted in my 50s with how I look at all of these things. And I understand what the, what the positive pull of Capricorn actually means. The I use is understanding the wisdom of how problems can propel us towards solutions or make us stronger versus irritation and complaining or going to the extremes of feeling like a martyr. In some ways, each new decade brings us added gifts of new perspectives and visions. While our outer eyesight may require assistance like reading glasses, I'm still lucky and only need the dollar store readers. Exhibition can potentially expand. I used to lean far more to the left politically in my younger years. Years of observing the same nonsense and manipulation that at times can be part of the left ideologies has moved me closer to the center. Rather than the often common swing used to resolve the discomfort by moving to the far right and simply switching to the flip side of crazy. It's become clear that both sides have some wisdom and both sides are at times bordering on insane. Sitting in the center and being more of an independent feels far more comfortable. 
The repeated struggles with inconsistency in my business and with a few unreliable clients in part has led me to focus on new forms of income, like writing another book. In fact, I not only finished another new book, but I'm now part of the way through two more. Allowing the natural mutability of my son side to expand into new ways of making an income from book sales, public speaking, and online classes and events was the perfect solution. And while some of these things are still in the works, I have no doubt that in a short period of time I will be successful. In fact, just the willingness to move in the new directions alone feels like a victory. Another important aspect of wisdom arose from dealing with a few painful rounds of kidney stones a few years ago. While I was in no way hit with all of them at once, I also had to deal with diverticulitis and a brutal round with sciatic nerve damage. I put my studies of alternative medicine, trigger points, yoga, healthier diet, and healing foods to the test. Most importantly, I was willing to get to the root of the emotional limited belief patterns that were creating the illnesses. Pushing stones to on my own, the tremendous uh, pain of diverticulitis, and trying to get out of bed with debilitating back pain was not fun and even at times terrifying. I resisted the usual agreed social societal solution to take pain blockers or to use Western medicine to resolve or even mask problems. This commitment was really putting my money where my mouth was. All the methods I've studied for years turned out to be not only real in theory, but were, but actually worked. And free of all these ailments, and now quite healthy for a man my age, well, time's a scary process afterwards, and let me, it left me feeling like a fearless badass who can tackle anything that comes along. I used the difficulties. A great example of this was applying this new knowledge and experience during the COVID years with a fear of what if it gets me or what if it gets, uh, I give it to my loved ones was a debilitating, even terrifying motivation for many people all over the world. I stood back from all the theatrics about going out or staying in, wearing masks or not wearing them, the extremes of whether to inject pharmaceuticals into your body or not, how many people could be on an elevator, etc. I walked through an understandably difficult time for many dispassionately. I really did understand why it brought so much fear, and I did not judge who got pulled, judge those who got pulled in. My studies of how and why we experienced illness for over more than three decades were extremely Majority of the population have little or no understanding of the many layers of how illness comes to us. I knew without the slightest doubt, well, I honestly did about two weeks of mild fear that then dried up fairly quickly early on. Again, without a doubt that if I got this illness, I knew exactly what to do to push it through and heal. It became increasingly clear, while not all of it was nonsense, that the suggestions from the media and the loudest and strongest voices like washing your hands by singing happy birthday staying away from everyone, stranger danger, and not going outside, et cetera, et cetera, were mostly gibberish. We had an opportunity in society to start a conversation with people about preventive medicine and healthy, practical, homeopathic methods for healing, and of course, we mostly ignored this. The only fallout for me, sadly, was a few friends and family that caught me out of their lives, many after knowing me for years, who put me in the, quote, Jim is reckless and dangerous camp. I use this to my advantage as well. Being around people who live in such extremes of fear and question in my character is not healthy for me. So while the losses did hurt, it was inevitably a good thing. I used the cruel treatment. Probably one of the greatest accomplishments that I'm grateful for is being relaxed about my lifelong, seemingly endless quest to, quote, find the right me. 
I'm currently single, and while I remain open to something amazing, if it comes along, I'm truly comfortable alone. If a partnership of value is in the cards, it'll be far better than past relationships because the mirror reflection of that individual will be one of someone who's also open but comfortable with themselves. If I spend the remainder of my time in this life, probably anywhere from about two, three, or four more decades as a single man, I can honestly say I'm truly cool with that. The sense that success in life must come from being connected to finding the right mate is something I'm neutral about, and that feels really good. Thanksgiving is nearly here again, and it is one of my favorite holidays. I get to indulge. This makes the Taurus ascended part of me happy for a day or two, and then go back to sensible eating patterns. Well, honestly, maybe more than a few days. Many of us have had difficulties in the past and maybe still in the present. We can still find things to be grateful for in our lives. A gratitude journal is very useful for this purpose. While it may be difficult to remember to constantly write in it, like all potentially good or not so good things, we will eventually become addicted to it. It's one addiction that is seriously good for us. Well, some of the conditions around the original Thanksgiving, pilgrims and Indians were questionable, to say the least. The idea behind it is still solid. Gratitude is and a healthy giving and receiving ratio or necessities for staying balanced. Healing requires committing to resolving and fixing what isn't working, not just endlessly thinking about how someday I'm going to finally take care of this, or this is my lot in life and there is no changing it. Shifting our focus toward what is positive and what we're thankful for moves us to a place where we inevitably create more things to be thankful and grateful for. Okay, so that's the column. A little bit of a longer one than I normally do. Touched upon a lot of different points here, which now I'm going to expand upon. So as I had said, uh, initially when I wrote this column, it was actually back in 2011. And if you're a follower of my column, uh, I've got a couple of sort of favorite Christmas columns that I tend to repeat around the holidays. Um, one is one of the ones I wrote like 20 years ago called Tinfoil Over the Baby Jesus. Uh, and then another one is Christmas gifts under the, the tree or from the attic that I repeat. So, you know, I hadn't really done a Thanksgiving kind of commentary in, again, like I said, here 11 years. So when I looked for it in my files of all the different columns I've written, and now I'm up to like 140 columns. I mean, I wrote a ton of them. And, and by the way, the first three, four years of my snake oil column, I do have published in a book called Snake Oil Volume 1, as you mentioned, you can find that on Amazon and get a copy of that if you're interested. Um, this was a rewrite of that. So I used some of it, but it really was a, a big rewrite because, again, that's what I had kind of pointed out in the column. When I wrote the original column, I was in my um, you know, mid to late 40s. Now I'm uh, in my late 50s. And as I had said, there's definitely a change in focus. Um, from in different eras that we have, especially when we're aware of it. Uh, as I had said in this piece, uh, one, again, politically, you know, I was far more um, to the left in a lot of my political ideology when I was younger. Now I'm far more centered. Um, again, as I said, I didn't swing over to the right by any means, uh, but I just got a little bit more centered. I mean, just more and more especially during the COVID years, I, the, just some of the kooky stuff that a lot of people on the far left were pushing was just nutty to me. And then, of course, don't get me wrong, some of the conspiracy theories uh, 
that some of the far right go down in terms of roads were a little cuckoo also. So um, that was something that, again, in a lot of ways actually kind of weirdly benefited me, even though it wasn't so positive when I was going through it, as it probably was not for, for anybody. Uh, certainly if you're in the U.S., you know, it was cuckoo land. A lot of places, Australia, a number of places really went wacko during the uh, COVID years, especially in the U.S. I mean, there was just a division in how blue states handled it versus red states. And, um, again, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we were past that. But I was pretty anchored in, you know, decades of alternative medicine to understand the roots and causes behind illness, and I had no real fear that I was going to get this illness and die from it. And I was also not buying the idea that I was going to be, a, you know, a, a moving target killing people if I didn't, uh, if my mask slipped and my nose slipped out or something like that. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things that the point I made in this piece, and I want to kind of reiterate this is, I think, as for me, my son's not a Sagittarius. Um, I never really fully understood Capricorns, honestly. Uh, I would say ever so humorously, two of the signs that took me longer to understand as an astrologer were Pisces and Capricorn. And Pisces, for, I would say, more obvious reasons, even though I really do understand the energy of Pisces now more so. But Capricorn, to me, always seems sort of stodgy and overly cautious and kind of almost stuck in a way um, not as playful as maybe Sag or Leo or Libra, you know, and, and I, you know, and I know from an astrology perspective, this is because the ruling planet for Capricorn is Saturn, which is all about restriction and responsibility. But I never really get fully grasped that positive pole of Capricorn I use now over the years, as we obviously I made that point here in the column, um, I really fully get that, that difficulty and problems, again, it's either going to make you obsessively paranoid and cautious in the future because you spend a lot of time being fearful that no bad thing is going to hit you again, uh, which, by the way, is the energy pattern behind something like shingles, energetically, I might add, the, that illness is the fear of the shoe dropping or something getting you again, so to speak. Or you're going to use it to make you stronger. And I have absolutely, without question, always thought of most Capricorn people as very strong. My older sister's Capricorn. She is very, um, you know, she's very, she's the one that handles everything in the family. When we had issues with my mother, my father years ago, my Capricorn sister was the one who kind of took charge. My dad had initially made her executor of the will, and she handled that really incredibly brilliantly. So I was grateful for that. But you know, she can be restricted <laughs> in a lot of ways socially and, and other en energies. But so, again, I really began to understand this concept of I use, and as I discussed in the piece, um, you know, I'm in a more solid place for, for myself in this life. You know, one thing I would say as an astrologer that I would like everyone to kind of hear is, you know, there's a lot to the theory of what's known as progressive astrology. And it's not that you lose your sign, you know, that it ever goes away. But there is an idea within progressive astrology that you begin to take on some of the characteristics of the sign that follows yours when you get older. So, again, in my case, this would be Capricorn, uh, Sagittarius to Capricorn. So if you're Scorpio, it would be taking on more Sagittarius energy. Again, I don't think it takes you away from that sign. 
as much as I think you begin to kind of grasp and pull in some of the energy and understanding of, again, the sign that follows. So uh, it's good. I think it gives you kind of a healthy blend. And, and again, as I was mentioning in the piece, you know, you could break this down to little things like being frustrated with, you know, having to wear reading glasses or not being able to see as well as you did maybe when you were 20. Or again, if you look at it at a metaphysical kind of larger spiritual level, um, the fact that you have trouble reading tiny little print and might need glasses for that maybe is a reminder that maybe you shouldn't be so obsessively, compulsively um, thinking about every little detail. Maybe some of it doesn't matter. And that's just even in like our own body's way of talking to us. Uh, you know, most of us get to put on a little weight as we get older, uh, hopefully not a ton by any means. But, you know, being ripped and lean may not always be as easy for someone who's 40, 50, 60 years old. Some people do it anyway, uh, depending on their body types. But, you know, having a little bit of extra cushion can be, like, good. It's just the same thing, just a little bit of extra cushion within a reasonable range. So, now the other point I'll make with this column uh, that I wanted to get into, obviously, is the focusing on gratitude. And it did center, of course, around a Thanksgiving theme, which is that kind of big reminder of gratitude. You know, it's interesting because what I see a lot on, on YouTube is there's a lot of um, videos now about, like, um, young people listening to great music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s that never heard it before and being very thankful for that really amazing era in music that we were lucky enough to have had. Uh, but also something else I've seen recently is, like, there's a lot of videos of, like, Irish people trying, you know, Cheesecake Factory for the first time or American food. Or one channel I saw is, like, tribal people, like Pakistani people, uh, having Thanksgiving dinner for the first time or, again, trying cheese, strawberry cheesecake or something. And it's so funny to watch some of these things, just looking at their eyes lighting up like Christmas <laughs> trees when they're just eating cheesecake for the first time like a Pakistani person, um, is so amazing to see the excitement or, or having a Thanksgiving meal, which is really largely an American thing for obvious reasons, and how excited they get about it. It's such a good reminder of how many really awesome things we do have in this country as much as we piss and moan about a number of problems and issues that we have, and, and God knows there are many, um, we kind of do really live in the land of milk and honey. You know, we, we have access to so much. And I think, um, you know, for me, kind of running across those videos with like a way of tuning in to that energy and vibration and looking at it from people that just didn't ever have access to that, you know, um, and it is, it's really beautiful. Even another series of videos I caught was just people hearing for the first time with these uh, medical devices that uh, allow them to hear. And it's just really breathtaking to watch people who haven't heard for decades or never heard at all hear their, you know, their woman hearing their husband saying, I love you for the first time, or a little child finally hearing their own mother and watching them just cry from that magic. And again, it, it, it's an interesting point, because I think because I'm so focused on alternative healing and medicine and yoga and acupuncture and things of that nature, and way prefer it to most Western medicine, um, I am very much a fan of some elements of Western medicine. 
uh, I absolutely don't put it down. There's areas, and that would be one of them as an example, where Western medicine is awesome and amazing. It's just like anything. It becomes like consuming where a lot of the vibration of Western medicine and its perceptions is blocking anything else that is wrong and evil and stupid and bad. And that's always kind of the thing that irritates me when I run across that. Uh, We've all been conditioned to think, you know, I I get this all the time. I've got clients that are having problems with their prostate or um, or a, uh, a UTI, and I'm making suggestions about yoga and different um, herbal things they can take. And I'll tell you, you know, people listen to me, but I would say 70%, they just kind of go to the doctor and take some type of medicine and deal with it that way. Um, And I'm telling you, you know, many of these things, uh, these natural remedies that have been around for hundreds of thousands of years, of course, work. I use that back in the day when I first originally had um, uh, uh, kidney stones. I use acupuncture, and I've talked about this before in my column and in other places. I mean, like I used to had a Chinese acupuncturist doctor, and I was in unbelievable pain. This is like probably 13, 14 years ago, and he just shoved some needles in me, laid me on the on the on the <laughs> on the table, and I kind of fell asleep. Even in the midst of that pain, he put some powder down my throat, and I literally got up, and I was like. 70% better, and then a few hours later, it was just completely gone, and it broke it through. So um, I've, a few of the times that I've, I've had stones, um, but what I find that happens now be, is, like, sometimes I, one, I what I can tell you is, like, if I'm having issues with my kidneys or liver, things of that nature, I just do intermittent fasting for a day or two. And that usually just resets the organs, stuff that I've learned. Or I will just find that they break on their own, weirdly. Like my body knows how to do this now, strangely. But again, intermittent fasting is a big help with that as well. So, uh, again, I use. I wouldn't have known that had I not walked through it in that sense. So, again, the other focus that I really want to uh, to get to is understanding that when you focus on what you're grateful for, you tend to plug into that vibration, that energy, and create more of it in other areas. The ultimately, astrology aside, other things aside, and all of that is valid, our beliefs form our reality. You know, what we believe to be deeply true about life is generally what we experience. I'm not talking about what we want to experience, what we believe. If you believe that, for instance, if you believe that um, – that, you know, thin, skinny people are shallow and and lousy, terrible human beings, you're never going to lose weight because you won't let yourself become that. So that's just a simple example of getting to the root of that and saying, listen, that's not necessarily true. Every thin person isn't shallow and useless and terrible. Uh, Same thing for for many of us that have uh, financial blockades. You know, we can perceive rich people as being, you know, pieces of crap. And, and selfish. And the truth is, that's not true. Listen, some are, you know, don't get me wrong. But that doesn't mean if you become rich, that you would be that way. I think that that's important. So again, I reiterate that point, that the beliefs ultimately form a reality. So if you're a person that's thankful for things, and that's why I had mentioned the gratitude journal, if you're a person that's naturally grateful for things and focuses on that, 
not only does that just kind of make you happier, you know, but you tend to draw more things to be thankful and happy about. It almost is like rewiring your pattern in that respect. And again, and, and for many of us, listen, we've been through different trauma or different things in our life that can make it hard to see why we're kind of locked into those patterns. Uh, you may be single and long to have a, a wonderful, committed, loving relationship, but if you believe men or women or whatever you're attracted to are, you know, cruel and 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 will hurt you and or you don't believe you're worthy Again, you're either going to not manifest that or you're going to manifest someone that ends up being somewhat abusive to you. So that's the core of changing that. But that's a whole deeper thing and something I, I do in personal sessions with clients. I call it reality change sessions where we get to the core of beliefs and help shift and change them. A simple way to that, as I mentioned in the piece, is, again, like even just a gratitude journal. If you, most days before you go to bed or first thing in the morning, just write five things to be grateful for, you and it could be just like the most simple things, like I'm grateful for coffee. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm grateful for a Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my car. You know, I'm grateful that I'm healthy. I'm grateful that I have a best friend. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for my cat. You know, when you begin to focus that way, I'm telling you, it does kind of shift the neurons and the perceptions and things that we tend to um, have and how we perceive things. And again, it just sort of changes that wiring where you find yourself more focused on things to be thankful for. So it's a, an interesting ploy, so to speak, to get us to a better place. I, and I've used this example, and I'll mention this uh, real quick here too. You know, when I was a kid and I started kind of working out to get in shape, and I'll use that as a quick example, I had my share of bullies, as most of us did when we were younger. Um, and, you know, I just figured out at a young age that if I got big and muscular, people would leave me alone. And I'm a 210-pound boxer. Trust me. No one screws with me uh, for obvious reasons. Um, it worked, you know. Uh, so I used the abuse to motivate me that way. But here's the interesting thing also in, in, a, in kind of a milder way. You know, I always felt like when I was younger, like if I had something to drink, it always had to be like juice or soda or iced tea or something like that. Like the idea of drinking water to me was like it was boring. It didn't have any taste to it. It was plain. So when I was like maybe probably 19 or 20, I started taking it upon myself to just to mostly drink water, like to force myself to not add anything to it, no flavoring, just to drink water. And, you know, I would still have coffee on occasion and tea and Occasionally a juice, I hardly ever have soda. It, I, I lost my taste for that in my early 20s. Um, you know, for the most part, I just made myself do that. And now, you know, certainly uh, even just a few years after that and still to this day, like the only thing that truly quenches my thirst is water. Like, I mean, I love having an occasional, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Arnold Palmer's uh, half iced tea <laughs> and half uh, lemonade. But, I mean, I may have one or two in the afternoon with lunch, but beyond that, and maybe coffee in the morning or sometimes the afternoon, but beyond that, I'd say 85, 90% of my liquid intake is just water. And thank God. I mean, I don't want to waste taking on calories. Um, I always say if you want to maintain a relatively lean body, um, don't be drinking your calories, you know. Again, I'd rather just have a piece of cheesecake once in a while rather than like a Starbucks frappuccino. Um, as delicious as those things are, 
the amount of calories and stuff in it is like staggering. Uh, I see people all the time when I'm getting a coffee in a coffee house ordering these things that are so elaborate. And I get it. They love it and good for them. I don't care. People do whatever you're going to do. But to me, they look like milkshakes. You're just drinking a milkshake. And, again, I love an occasional milkshake, but that's probably about once every month or two that I have an actual milkshake. So, again, you know, it's just rewiring your focus toward things. And that's what this piece was largely about, twofold things. One, uh, about understanding the concept of I use. That which does not knock us down and destroy us makes us stronger. And when you walk through something difficult and you handle it, like I said in the piece, you kind of feel like when you come out the other side, you can feel like a badass in that way. Um, and the other thing, of course, is focusing on gratitude. Um, and I don't care what type of situation you're in, you have things to be grateful for. Uh, it's just rewiring and refocusing, and it is something that I highly, highly recommend. Okay, so miraculously, I seem to have covered the brunt of what I wanted to talk about. So I think I'm going to try to take a caller or two to see a few people have called in. Um, and if they want to ask a question or just a brief chat, again, I have to make them short. We've only got about 10 more minutes, but um, I think I will take one or two of these callers I have uh, and, and see what you want to mention or say. Uh, before I do that, um, if you're not already getting my, you know, column, email me at VenturaStrategyYahoo.com, get added to the mailing list, or again, uh, subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel at J single letter Ventura Snake Oil. I do live column reads. The thing that's good about the, the subscribing to the column is that from time to time I do reading specials and specials on classes and things like that. So those kind of come into the inbox that way. So you're going to have more access to those things versus YouTube. But I know this is a very visual uh, generation. So uh, reading sometimes for the young is like, I don't know, I just don't think they're so into it anymore. So that's why I, I play both channels. So, all right. So let me take a caller here. All right. Hello, 850. How are you today? Fine. How are you doing? Who's this? Uh, Michelle from Florida. Hi, Michelle. We talked before? Hey. No, I've never called in your show before. Cool. All right. So what did you want to ask or say or share today? Um, do you do little mini readings? Uh, I can... Kind of like it depends on what the question is. I can pull a card or a rune stone dependent on what your question is and just kind of give you a mini glimpse. So an answer to the question, yeah. So what's your kind of question so I can kind of know which way to go? Uh, I didn't really have a question. Um, let me think of something. Um, well, how's my granddaughter going to be? <laughs> my daughter's on her way to the hospital right now with one of my other grandbabies. She's breathing really hard and... Um, throwing up in a fever, you know. Yeah, so I'm going to pull a card or two on that for you, okay? Just give me a minute here. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm also just kind of picking up what I'm sort of feeling intuitively. Um, okay, interesting. Um, all right, so I pulled two cards. Let me tell you what cards came up. Queen of Wands came up reversed, and then the near future comes up the Three of Wands reversed. Okay, uh -huh. I'll explain to you that layman's terms. Queen of Wands reverse means that the issue with the subject is connected with a, a strong woman. Um, I'm guessing this to be your daughter. Um, Queen of Wands, is she actually a fire sign or is she just kind of intense in her own magical way? <laughs> I'll put it that way. When's her birthday? 
Uh, her birthday is April the 17th. Okay, so, so it's literal. She's a fire sign. All right, that's Aries. Okay, because the cards are showing a fire sign woman, but it's coming up reversed, which means that there's anxiety or fear or discomfort that's connected with the situation right now um, or impatience or, you know, some frustration, which would make sense if you got a sick kid that's going to make your head spin for obvious reasons. So the good news is that I don't feel like um, there's anything really wrong or bad in the large picture. I just feel like this feels like kind of like a little bit of a mini crisis in that sense. I'm just kind of picking up intuitively this will be a solvable. So that's the good news. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Something you wanted to say? Oh, uh, okay. what was that last part you said? Yeah, I feel like it's a solvable issue. So I don't think there's um, there is need for extreme fear around this. I, I feel like there's something uh, there is something off with the with the child in the situation, but it will be solved. But here's the thing I'm picking up because the three of wands comes up reversed which in the future position, which means that she ends up frustrated by the whole process. Like it could be the hospital or the way this is handled or some legal practical elements to it. I feel like she's not going to be thrilled exactly with the way this is handled. Three of Wands reverse means like dealing with a lack of cooperation in some way and some frustration okay. around that. I feel like in the larger picture, that will lead towards something in her in a good way. Again, ever so appropriate for the nature of the show. And I use that even though it may end up being some difficulty because she ends up frustrated um, with the way this is handled. Um, but I feel like that will spur her on to things that have to do with her life purpose and tasks and even the way she cares for uh, your child, which assuming she's your grandchild, right? Yes, yes, my grandchild. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that this will, in the long run, be something that she sort of uses in that sense. But in the short run, the good news is I don't feel like this is, you know, um, uh, you know, tragic at this point. It's problematic. I'm, okay, I'm, good. I'm just. Is there a fever too, or something with the with the baby? Oh yeah, yeah, she's got a, a hundred and one fever. Yeah, because that's what it it feels like to me. Um, that there's just some um, – that the, it just feels like a virus or something in that sense that the kids got. And that's always a little scary, obviously, when you're a parent. But I pulled one more card, and this may be also for you. The card that comes up from there is the Hermit card, which means new knowledge, new study, and new learning somehow stems from this. So I think not only will this end up being kind of a trigger for your daughter about maybe doing some research and understanding on her own – about health themes connected with herself and with the child, but also even potentially for you. Hermit card usually means getting, finding experts, beginning to look at a different viewpoint and, and taking in new information like that's more, um, that's more about uh, kind of trusting, you know, some old school idea or intuition. But it does have to do with going to an expert. Okay. Huh. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good reading. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real interesting. I said, try to remember the big picture. Because like, that's what happens in the short picture. Like, trust me, she's irritated. You know, again, she's Aries. Aries people are amazingly strong, but sometimes they get combative about things. Um, you know, they can be oh, very yeah. protective of 
Uh, but, you, you know, she's your daughter. You probably already know this. There's times like you want to slap them because they can be <laughs> very myopic at times about things. But yes. uh, I think <laughs> that's yeah, her. You know, you know what I'm talking about already. I, I don't think I have to elaborate that much on that. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll leave it there. Thank you for calling in. Have a wonderful holiday. Well, thank you. You have a blessed holiday. You too. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take one more. All right. I can take one more quick call here. See if I can get you on. 850, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, you're still here. Okay. I think the other person Yeah, I was just listening. Up. What's that? I was just listening. Yeah, you're okay. I think they hung up my other call. So, all right. So, since I, I got you again, there must be another reason. So, I'm going to pull one more card for you. Or, All right. Yeah, we lost. I might have just been a spaz and hung up on them. And my apology to whoever did that. If you want to call back in, I only have a couple more minutes here. But I want to pull an angel card message for my caller here, just for you. Um, there we go. Okay. So I pulled an angel card message for you. All right, there's the caller coming back. Let me give you a quick. So the, the angel card message that came up for you is Chantel, which is the angel of like new enthusiasm and new role coming into your life. So it usually means some triggers in the near future that will get you excited about something, enthusiastic, and even sometimes possibly can either be connected with new romance or or even uh, reigniting something within a current situation. So good card, by the way. Mm. Goodbye. (laughs) That's pretty cool. All right. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been with them for uh, 11 years. We're fixing to have an anniversary. Interesting. Yeah, sometimes it can be like when you're already with someone, it could be just reviving something in that sense or taking a new approach to it. And that just might be something to kind of keep on your mind. But also sometimes this card also just connects with like being excited about other events and things in our life, like getting enthusiastic about something. Sometimes it's falling in love with a project or an idea as well. But in either case, it's always right. good energy connection. So, oh, right. yeah, that's really good energy. We're wanting to go out west for our anniversary, so hopefully we can make it happen. <laughs> good. Excellent. All right. All right. So let me let you go. I'm going to grab this last caller here. All right. All right. Let me, all right. Let me try and see if I can get 917. How are you doing today? Hello. Good. How are you? I'm good. What's your name? My name's Ashil. Ashil? Yeah. So did you have a question and, or comment? Uh, yeah, I have a question. Uh, do you see any new love interest coming in for me? Yeah, so if you just heard what I said to the last caller, you, it's probably that you wanted to, <laughs> that would be the card that you would have ideally had. But let's see what we get on that real quick with our last couple of minutes here. Okay, so let's see what we get here. All right. So three card pull on this. Um, interesting. Okay. So real real quick uh, explanation here. The first card that I pulled is the death card reversed, which means like feeling like you're stuck, like a stuck pattern where there's no movement, either where there's nothing there or what is around you is familiar, but not in a, in a, in a comfort. So, this is what we see kind of as a past influence that, that's been hovering around. The card in the near future comes up the Knight of Cups reversed, 
which could mean two things. One, it can mean sometimes like new opportunities to consider that may not necessarily be the right thing yet, like something poking in as a possibility, but I feel like there's a little bit of a timing issue here. The other thing about the Knight of Cups reverse card can also be like this um, you may have to look at within yourself, like it may be that you've got some um, anxiety or discomfort from past relationships or feeling whether you give too much or you have some discomfort about receiving when it comes to love matters. Like there's something um, like it just almost feels like, you know, you, you either go in almost too heavily or, or, or not enough in a way. Like there's been some imbalance and you're, you're working on that in some ways as well. But the good news is the outcome card comes up, the Empress card upright. And the Empress card means that there's a period of abundance that comes into play in the next couple of months, meaning opportunities and new things begin to happen that are much more positive and, and optimistic. Um, so I do on the horizon for you. I'm feeling like intuitively I would say about March or April before I feel like this really strongly takes but because it feels like it's connected to spring, the early part of spring. But I do, I feel like there's something on the horizon. So I just feel like right now it feels stuck, but there's some things you're working on internally and externally, um, you know, and, you know, have you like forgiven, you know, yourself and all past loves and kind of cleared that energy out? Yes, I have actually. And, uh, and it's true also that I, I always, um, used to um, give too much and then never get the same yeah. back. So it's something that I've, I've learned to change, you know. Yeah, and then because yeah, you, the issue... That, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I feel like you... It's like you have such a high ideal of what love is. And I, yeah. I think that's awesome in that way. You're, you know, you, you almost put it in a magical place. And I feel like it's just a balance to be... to keep some of that alive, but to keep your feet on the ground at the same time. So I think a lot of it is, and I would just make this a suggestion, focus on the next like couple of weeks or so, even just like make a list of all the things about you that are valuable, um, that you recognize are worthy and that are, are, are worth being acknowledged and good and positive. And I think if you begin to kind of do that, you're shifting this energy around in a more positive way. So then it's not like so much that you're trying to find someone, it's that who's going to be lucky enough to find you. Well, okay. it's, it's funny because that's what I started doing, actually. I started to look at myself work. Well, it's funny that you say that. You know, and I started to realize I have so much to offer. Why am I compromising and lowering my um, right. bandwidth? So it's something that I'm actually going through right now. So I feel like at this point, you yeah. have to come to me. You know, you have to prove that to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're on it. You're you're already doing it. That's what I mean. So, yeah, the Empress card as the outcome is really good, by the way. It usually means, like, really positive energy, you know, like feminine energy at its best, meaning, like, it can almost feel like lucking into something or things going in a totally different direction, like in a different way that even feels almost weird, but I mean weird in a good way, where you're like, oh, my God, how did I get here? You know what I mean? But it is. It's because of the work that you're doing. Just keep on that track. It, it's going to come anyway. There's nothing you have to do to make it happen. It'll just be uh, this internalized work will then you have you connect, you know, kind of almost magically. So you're on the road to it, okay? Sounds good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Call in, buddy.
All right. Have a good holiday and a good start to your new year. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So, all right. Thanks, callers. Uh, I was able to get to a couple of calls today. Normally, I don't have time for that, but I'm glad I was able to do that. So, uh, anyway, all right, everybody. Uh, went a little few minutes over. No problem. Uh, great show today. Thanks for my callers. Thanks for all my listeners. Wishing everybody a happy holiday season and a great start to the new year. Like I said, check out my YouTube channel at J Single Letter Ventura Snake Oil um, because I'm going to really go into some really interesting stuff about the coming year of 2024. Lots of good potential energy for 2024 uh, with the numerology as well as the um, the year of the dragon. So I'm going to go into some detail about that. Probably in the next week it will be available on my YouTube channel. So, all right. Uh, Again, uh, all the best to everyone. Until next time, cheers.